Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. It is Clay. And today I'm coming at you from a new space here. I actually purchased this house, we moved into it, and then we've set up this room as a bit of a studio space. And there's been lots of other work to do, so I haven't really been posting many videos or podcasts lately. So I apologize if you're the type of person who is waiting for me to do that. Hopefully I will get back into the regular swing of things soon here. So I was going through my audio questions. I did come upon this one question that I thought was interesting. It surrounds this topic of navigating power dynamics in relationships. So what do I mean by that? It seems like in all human relationships, whether that be sort of you know, more formal professional relationships or family relationships or friendships or romantic relationships, there's often these power dynamics and power struggles that exist in the relationship but they're often unspoken. And I've always thought it was kind of interesting how these things form, right? Like you can put a whole bunch of people in a room and instantly, you know, the, the hierarchy will start to form. Who's the leader of this group? Who does everybody respect? Who does everybody kind of outcast or they don't respect? And like, who's better at implementing ideas? Who's better at thinking of ideas? So I think traditionally I have been a little confused by power dynamics sometimes. I think I just want everybody to kind of be on an equal playing field. I think I would prefer that. I don't really want to overlord over anybody else. And I don't really want them overlording over me. So what is the opposite of that? Traditional power structures might be like a traditional boss-employee relationship or a parent-child or maybe like a teacher and a student. Or it could even be, you know, success and unsuccessful. You see people walking around and they're, They act extra important and they think that their opinions count more because they've had a little bit of success in a certain area. So those are more traditional power dynamics, but you'll come upon these kinds of things in all the relationships in your life. Even say like a a group of friends, there's often like sort of a leader of that group that kind of tells everybody else what to do or subtly suggests things. It subtly takes charge, I guess, or maybe not even subtly. As humans, it's interesting. It's almost like we seem to naturally appoint leaders. And I heard this one psychologist talk about the dynamic of leadership. And a lot of people think that leadership is something that is taken. It's sort of like you read these books, you learn how to get the power. Um, But when you actually look at the research, it's almost like the group gives power to certain individuals. Okay, so all that being said, What I want to talk about today is the more subtle, hidden power dynamics that exist in relationships. And specifically when you end up in kind of a relationship that you have to be in and somebody has kind of identified themselves almost like a mentor to you, but you're not really aware of that. Like let's say you think you're friends with somebody, but this other person is almost treating you as like a mentee. I've had this situation happen in my life. I thought I was friends with somebody, but I think he viewed me almost like he was mentoring me through something. And along with that came these certain strings that I didn't really know about. And that relationship, it's kind of sad, kind of like crashed and burned at at, at some point. And and at the time, it was such a confusing thing for me. I had so many questions. I didn't understand what happened. Why did this person essentially just pick up and leave just like that? They're just done with me. And then I had another friend 
tell me a very similar story of a relationship that she had, which she thought was this sort of a, a deep friendship, um, but it also involved a little bit of mentorship. So another story, and that one crashed and burned. So I have this audio question here, and I feel like it is also along the same lines, except it's a little more obvious what the power dynamic is, but the, the lines start to blur, right? And the, the real question is, how do we navigate these types of relationships so that we don't burn bridges, we don't ruin relationships and friendships, um, we don't offend the people that are sort of in charge of us, so if you have a boss, for example, the last thing you want to do is offend that person, especially if you're kind of in a working situation where you're forced to be with them or you're forced to work with them, such as let's say you're a student and you're doing your master's degree, exactly like this audio question I'm about to play, and um, you know she's doing her master's degree at a certain school, and it involves working with this one professor. So let's listen to the audio question first. Hi, Clay. This is Nusrat. I'm going to talk about a person. He's a teacher, mentor, and a to-be boss. Offered me a job recently. He relies on me for a lot of things and responsibilities and treats me as his confidant. He's authoritative, confident, and takes ownership of what he does and yet courteous. I formed a crush on him soon after I got to know him, and I've known him for uh, two years. However, he has been showing signs of crush on me for the last few months, uh, like he lets me off the hook while not others for the same stuff, uh, takes my name at least once in a sentence while responding to me, use, uses me as an example to others, prioritizes me over others. I had to pretend I cannot sense any of it. He's married with two kids. Uh, by the stories he shares with us, it, it seems like a bad marriage. Maybe his inclination towards me is due to the lack of something at home. I don't know. Uh, I have always been a good listener. Someone people seek emotional refusion. Everything was going fine until I registered for a course that he teaches to under another faculty at university. Because the other one is senior, more experienced in the subject matter, and I thought I'll get way more than classroom knowledge. The fact that I chose someone over him offended my mentor. He has uh, forgotten to enlist me for three academic projects he himself chose me for, stopped replying to my emails and texts over a week. When I asked him if I did something wrong, he simply denied and said he had been, quote, too busy, unquote, lately, so missed my emails and messages, also genuinely forgot to enlist me. Gaslighted me, saying that I could have just notified him about the issues. Well, I did, officially and unofficially. Uh, also, he pretended to not to recognize my number or voice when he received the call. 34-year-old single woman, he's a people-oriented person, never stroke me as someone who can be consumed with petty jealousy. I so hate being on this receiving side of passive aggression, or I should probably call it aggression because there's nothing passive about it. Um, he's not only being unreasonable as a person, he's acting way too unprofessional for someone in his position and of his stature. And I don't know what to do. And I don't want to upset him. I still have uh, a few courses left for my MBA. 
I'm really confused at this point. So right off the bat here, I think it's very possible that this particular person in the audio question, not the person leaving the question, but the, the person, the professor in the story, that he sounds like to me like he might have some narcissistic traits. And generally speaking, if you can avoid being around narcissists, that's usually the best course of action. One issue, though, if you're pursuing something that requires a gatekeeper, like an MBA, or anything where you have to work towards something and then somebody has to give you permission in order to do it. So school, all school is like that. You have to work hard, you have to try to gain their favor, you have to submit all this stuff to them, and then if you're lucky, if you've done everything they want you to do, in the end they'll bestow you this degree. It works out fine as long as you kind of are comfortable playing within whatever rules these gatekeepers set up. But what happens if they start doing weird stuff? What if they're acting immaturely? What if they're kind of being manipulative? What if they're making you do things that you don't really want to do? Um, but you kind of have to do what they say in order to reach this goal and make it through the gate that this person is sort of keeping. Obviously, it's better to avoid people like this, but if you have no choice, how can you manage this power dynamic? And almost, I don't want to use the word manipulate them, but really the way I look at it is there's a game here. How can you play the game to keep that person happy and get what you need out of that person so that you can achieve the goal that you want to achieve? I myself have struggled with topics like this in the past. It's like, well, I don't want to use manipulation. Um, and I think I always sort of have this drive towards truth and I want everything to be open and honest all the time. And I think one thing I've slowly learned is that sometimes it's best to hold things back, right? You keep some stuff for yourself and there's a game that's being played here and that might you know, require moving a few chess pieces. You know, if you're playing chess against somebody, part of the game is not telling them what you're doing. You're playing the game to win, right? Is playing chess manipulation? I don't think it is. I think there's a difference between purposely manipulating somebody and playing a game. And that's why I've kind of come to see life in general. Life is just a whole pile of these types of games is essentially what they are. There's, there's games going on and there are rules that govern these games. Do I like the games? I've, I think at this point I've realized, no, I don't like the games. I don't really like these power struggle games that happen. However, I think even if you don't like it, I think it's smart to try to identify the games that are going on so then at least you're not surprised and then if you need to, you're able to play the game. This story you've told here where he is your mentor or you're, he's in a position of power over you. But, you know, the lines start to get blurred a little bit. Are you friends now? Are you a little more than friends, right? You said you had a crush on him. You're wondering if it's the same. And he starts to treat you differently based on that. I've noticed that certain people and specifically certain personalities almost seem to thrive off that dynamic. They're like, they like the feeling of importance. They like looking around and seeing that there's people that are relying on them, trying to win their favor. They really like being the gatekeeper. So going back to the original problem here, what happens if you get into a situation where you need something out of somebody or you're interested in what they're doing and they're willing to help you? 
uh, let's say it's somebody who has experience in a particular field or a particular area that you would like to learn about or you'd like to move into. In my situation, I got to know this person because they seemed interesting to me and I like to be friends with interesting people. I don't know, it's, I thought he was just helping me because he liked me, because we were friends, but I think it's possible he was helping me more out of this, his own self-satisfaction, because he likes to create, right? So he likes to create businesses, he likes to create ideas, and then he looks at me and he goes, this is another project, I'm gonna create a, a, an entrepreneur or a business person. And looking back now on this type of relationship, I feel like I didn't play into what he needed in that relationship, given this mentor-mentee relationship. If they're doing something for me, what do they want in return? If this person's helping me learn about a business, you know, it's my responsibility to try to figure out what it is they want. If I just assume they're helping me under the goodness of their own heart, I feel like that is the time that you're gonna get trapped and stuck in these types of weird power dynamic situations. All right, so here is the point where I think a lot of these mentorship relationships fall apart. If they are the strong, all-knowing mentor and you are the unknowing mentee or student and you don't know anything, right? In the very beginning, you can absorb a lot of information, but also almost closing the gap between the mentor and the mentee. So if you have a mentor that's far ahead of a student, right? And this student is never going to match what this mentor can do, then it seems like this dynamic can go on for a long time. What happens if you either surpass your mentor or what happens if you start to show a little less respect for your mentor than maybe you did in the beginning, like all this awe and admiration that they were helping you. And then as you've gotten better, you either get to an equal place or let's say you even get a little better than them. Or in your case, what happens if you've sort of reached a certain point where you are recognizing that there's a limit to their knowledge and there's this other professor or other teacher who's maybe a little better and you would now like to learn something from them as well. So I feel like there's two outcomes to this situation. The first is the mentor gets offended, the relationship is destroyed, everything's awkward from then on. That seems to be what's happened to you. There's been this moment of offense. It happened to me um, we actually had a bit of a disagreement. We, we made an agreement and I worked like three months of work towards this very specific goal that we were working on together. And at the last minute he pulled out and I did three months of work for what I thought, you know, was nothing. Even if a friend does that to me, I will call that person out and we need to talk about this. Like that wasn't cool what you just did, right? But he got super offended that I essentially wasn't just thanking him for all the stuff he's done, right? So it's almost like he felt like, well, he's done so much for me that he can now, you know, screw around with me or step on me whenever he wants because, like, who am I to question him? Another thing about narcissists is they are never wrong. They're always right. Um, they're, you try to, like, bring something up to them that maybe could be improved or some way that maybe they've hurt you or acted inappropriately, they rarely will accept that information. So that was one of two outcomes. They become offended. Another outcome is the relationship naturally transitions from a mentor-mentee relationship into more of an equals slash friendship relationship where you see each other now as more colleagues and equals. 
And I've seen this happen as well. I've actually helped, I think I've actually mentored people that have rose up and now we're just friends and equals and there is no more teaching. I think for myself, that works really well because I don't want to mentor somebody forever. What I really want to do is teach them the stuff you know, like with an employee, I want to get them to a certain point where they're proficient and then I kind of just let them go on and do the work, right? And I'll still answer questions. Um, but if at some point that person learns even information that I don't know, as a boss, I, I can't imagine being mad or offended at my employee for actually getting to a similar place as me. It's, I would say that's that means that I've done my job as a mentor. I've got this person, I've imparted everything that I know into them, and now they are on the same level as I am. From my perspective, it's a good thing, but for a many mentors, they see it as some kind of offense, for sure. Okay, so like I said, I think it's better not to have these kinds of relationships. If you're with a mentor that you think is going to become offended, if you call them out on something, if you get to their level, if you, like, are they gonna get weirdly jealous if you want to go learn from other people? I think it's better to avoid those situations. But what happens if you can't avoid this person? How can you learn to play that game? So because sometimes playing these games hasn't really been a bit of a natural behavior for me, I will often read books on the subject. So one such book that I'm gonna talk about here is called 48 Laws of Power written by Robert Greene. The main thing for me that I can learn from the 48 Laws of Power, for example, is I, it teaches me what these super powerful, successful people are doing. It teaches me what their mindset is. So now that I know what's going on here, I can better navigate the situation and better play the game with the rules that they've set out. So the very first law in the 48 Laws of Power is never outshine your master. And I feel like this law perfectly lays out really what's happening in these failed mentorship relationships. If you have a master, basically what this law is saying is you should be very careful to not treat them like an equal. You want to treat them like a master, almost like suck up to them. Make sure that they know that you appreciate them. Give them the credit for your discoveries. The finance minister for King Louis XIV. So here's this king. He was a pretty proud, arrogant, egotistical guy. Very insecure. He didn't like anybody outshining him. Um, so his finance minister wanted to become more important in this kingdom. And he thought that he would throw this massive party. So he actually just finished building this new chalet. He invited all the important people and threw this extremely lavish party. And the story goes that it's one of the most lavish parties ever, even nicer than the parties that the king throws. So here's the finance minister trying to almost bring himself up to an equal footing with the king and say, see, look how great I am. Aren't you impressed, right? That's really what he's trying to do with the king, to impress the king. But the thing that he failed to recognize is that the king doesn't want an equal. The king wants a subordinate. So the next day after this party, the king was basically embarrassed. And he, the story goes that he invented some charges and had this guy arrested. He then spent the rest of his life in prison. He got a new finance minister that probably would fall in line. So the second story that Robert Greene tells 
under that law, never outshine your master, was Galileo. So Galileo was an astronomer, a scientist. He discovered all kinds of stuff. Galileo had this one family that was sort of funding his research. This family was a big Italian family. I think they were called the Medici family. Hopefully I'm saying that right. So Galileo discovered the moons of Jupiter. And this family, what's interesting is they had like a family crest, which was Jupiter. So Galileo kind of seized the opportunity to kind of honor this family in a certain way with his discovery that Jupiter has moons. So Galileo had this special crest made up with the moons of Jupiter, with the Jupiter representing the family, and then each moon was one of the sons of this ruler. So the story goes that because Galileo honored them in his achievements and almost let them take the credit for things, Eventually, they made Galileo an official, like the official scientist of the court, and he got paid like a, a steady salary to do this. And overall, Galileo had a much more comfortable life, and it allowed him to do what he wanted to do. He wanted to be a scientist. He wanted to discover things. And along the way, he identified ways that he kind of butter up this family to get what he wanted, which was funding and a comfortable life in order to do what he wanted to do. So what is the overall lesson that I'm getting at here? If you are like me, and you have a similar personality as me, I think that some of us have a hard time sort of navigating the world. It's confusing. We don't understand what people are doing half the time. There's all these weird power dynamics going on, all this manipulation. And I think that many of us don't really want any part of it. In the case of these mentor-mentee relationships, I think that my mistake in the past is that I haven't recognized that it is an actual mentor-mentee relationship. And if I want to be in that relationship with a mentor, that I have responsibilities under the rules of the game. And part of those responsibilities are breathing in to whatever this mentor happens to be looking for, usually admiration, they want to take credit. They, they want something to come out of this. They don't want you just to learn everything and then disrespect them and go get a new mentor. I think at, at their core, mentors don't want to be used as stepping stones. They, they want respect. So in this situation that was in the question, the original audio question, how could this have been dealt with different? Let's say you really need to maintain this sort of mentor relationship. I feel like going off to the other professor behind that your mentor's back was probably the mistake because that person will for sure take that as an offense especially if this other person actually is more senior like you said and it's making it's basically taking your current mentor down a notch it's basically saying you're not good enough i'm gonna go hang out with this person and i realized that if if you kind of remove all the covert contracts and remove the fact that there is a game being played, it's, I mean, I would say, I'm gonna learn from this person, I'm gonna learn from this person, I'll learn from whoever I want, right? But I'm trying to explain this from the way this mentor views it. So it is an actual offense from their perspective. So the thing we need to decide is, do we want to keep them happy? If so, perhaps the proper way to manage a situation like that one would have been to go to them and say, I'm thinking about enrolling in a course. There's a few different options here. Um, I see, you know, you teach the class, obviously, but there's also somebody else over here. What do you think I should do? 
Um, do you think I should go try to see if this person has anything else, any other perspective I should learn? Or um, would you rather if I just sort of, you know, learned it under you? And so, yeah, I think if you did that, there's a better chance that this outcome would have been more favorable to you. Anyway, guys, thanks so much for checking out this episode. I hope you got something out of that. I'm hoping to do some more videos now that I'm kind of settled in the new place. Um, one thing that I, I might explore soon is there's this thing called rejection sensitivity dysphoria. And it's a topic I've been interested in because it seems like I have this. It's basically, why do we sometimes feel rejected as humans? And, and some people seem to be more sensitive to this than others. Another interesting fact about rejection sensitivity dysphoria is it's often associated with people that have ADHD. So I'm going to maybe do a video about ADHD as well. Uh, it's something I've been quite interested in lately and done quite a bit of reading about. But if you have any ideas related to those two topics, something that you'd like to hear me talk about or anything like that, feel free to leave a comment. Otherwise, if you have any comments about navigating power dynamics and relationships or any other observations, I'm by far not an expert on this topic. Um, I'm navigating it just like you are, and it's, I'm trying to figure out a lot of this stuff as I go. So if you have any thoughts, feel free to leave a comment, or if you have an audio question, um, send it my way. The link's in the description below. Anyway, guys, thanks very much. Hope you have a great day. See ya.